Hello again, my name is David Svi Kalman, and you're listening to the Sermon Slam podcast. Sermon Slam is like a poetry slam, but it's for sermons, for stories, for poems, for plays, for anything else that doesn't take too long to tell. Each Sermon Slam event focuses on a Jewish theme, and some of each night's performances are posted online. I'm going to play you another couple of performances from the Jerusalem Sermon Slam on the theme Amalek. If you want to hear more about who or what Amalek is, you'll have to listen to the previous podcast. First up, performance by the evening's second place winner, Tikva Blaukov. Um, so I want to start by saying how many of you noticed the saintly individual standing in Ben Yehuda today? I noticed him when I went to get my lunch. There was that man there. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. He was boorishly gesticulating with vague grunts punctuated by a leery grin vituperatively dancing across his lips, saintly, mind you. But he was smirking at the passers-by, who turned to watch him call out, Hey, Am, Amal, Amalek, huh? Ooh, wait, did I get the wrong person? We were doing Nanachman before. Okay, never mind. That's what happens if you live in Jerusalem for too long. Amalek. A, Am, Amal, Amalek. The syllables of your name drop off my lips, as my tongue recedes into its cavernous dwelling. Try it. A, um, Amal, Amalek. Amalek, front, middle, back, ka. Taste that subsumation of the desire for anything you've ever had. Amalek has taken it. Travel your tongue around the undulations the sound forms. Amalek. Savor the would have been could have been progression towards consecrated fulfillment out your mouth, but take it back in. Instead, a subjugated bitterness at the back of your throat, the black regression from sound to a swallowing, unsurmountable pit of cuh, the unresolved voicelessness exploding within. Cuh. Amalek. I know him by each name and in all his guises. Him? You. Not you. Maybe you. I don't know. I toss your name across my blunted teeth and down my sullenly constricting throat. In every place that I call your name, I feel your presence devour me. In the morning, you parade as my people, my, my um. I recognize you, the flag you bear. Look like you guys. Persuasively familiar, saintly. In the afternoon, before dusky fatigue sets in, you are my amal, my toil, my stubborn achievement that I've worked for so hard, yoked to my thirst for external glory. In the evening, close to, I see you, Amalek. I finally identify that aftertaste of that promising morning broth that you fed me as I imbibed the scourge of your self-thievery. Talk about an inheritance. In the evening, I see you have scoured me dry with your tongue, coarse as a brilopat, sterilized me. And all because the morning light does nothing but deceive. My voice clots at the ability to create through speech, right? God gave us the ability to create through speech. 
Amalek. Though the voice is of one who manages to voice more words, the hands are the hands of one who will hold back from actualizing creation's gift. Amalek. The name stops right there, at the softness of my verbal palate. Amalek is the one who wipes clean the resolve, leaving me tasteless and muted. The one who plucks at the roots of vocal articulation straight out of me. Fighting that stop grasping for air, I manage to gasp out the words, but lack the strength to actualize them. Amalek strips the paints from my verbal palette. There's no blended light reflecting colour. Only an abyss of helpless, flat vapidity leeching my confidence. To realise my aims, I must merge the spirit within and the breath without. Amalek divides me. I come from openness to the back, to blocking from availability to obstacle. Amalek, you rob me of my divinely given gift of creation. You take me backwards into myself, into the looming self-doubt, the voiceless plosive, cuff, exploding within. I feel the divide within me, this side Gog, that side Magog, fighting to settle the unconquered territory within. Where is my Nachshon now when I need him? Make of me, make of me dry land. Mask over these watery infirmities that rob me of my voice. Make of me a one-state solution. Exile the abdicated king of Amalek, a Malek, Amalek, harmonize my borders and carry my energies up and out through the whisperings of your unstrained breath. A am amal amalik. I wear your name upon my swollen lips, a homeopathic amulet, a beaded charm, warding off the very name you represent. Amalek ibn Timna, son of the one who held back nothing to give the power of darkness. With quivering tongue, I wet my flaking lips to try again, clawing my way backwards past the unguttralized iron. Amalek, Amen, Emmet. for Blau Cop, everybody.
Sermon Slam is currently running a Kickstarter campaign, and I know that people say this all the time, but we really can't keep making more Sermon Slam events without you, and it would be too bad if Sermon Slam didn't keep running. Between now and Pesach, the Open Quorum development team is coordinating Sermon Slams in Berkeley and Boston and in Brandeis, and that's just the bees. Right now, we also have a special pre-perm sale on the Kickstarter page, so check that out before March 16th. Find the link right now at www.openquorum.org. The next performance is by Bonna Devorah Haberman, who you might remember from her performance featured in episode number three of the Sermon Slam podcast. Bonna again did not disappoint. Here's what she said. we can reveal a new face of Amalek. <laughs> and that's why we come around every year to Purim. In fact, we'll be keeping Purim even after the Mashiach. So the Ishbitzer says that everything comes from the divine source, even evil itself. So this is why I want to say a little bit about how we produce Amalek. One of the main conditions is vulnerability. Where we're so tired, we're coming out from liberation. And our tail end was so vulnerable, we were just not able to protect ourselves well enough. Rava and Rava Zera made a Purim feast together and became drunk. Rava got up from the table and slaughtered Rabbi Zera. The next day, when he understood what he had done, he prayed for mercy and brought him back to life. Well, the next year, Rava said to Rabbi Zera, Come, let's make a Purim Suda together. No. <laughs> a miracle doesn't happen at every single hour. Violence looms at the table of study and at sumptuous banquets of the heartless and powerful. Between the sharp tines of the fork where blade and flesh converge in the swish and tilt of the goblet. I hate, I despise your feasts and I will not smell the sacrifices of your solemn assemblies, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. The wine goblets are so beautiful, exquisite. From where did King Ahasuerus get them? It is told that he ordered them brought from throughout 127 states of his Persian empire. It is also said that the vessels King Ahasuerus used at his lavish banquet Golden vessels and many other kinds resemble those used in the sacred service of the temple in Jerusalem. Perhaps some of them were even stolen after the destruction, looped from the holy temple, brought to the king's table. War and conquest enter our inside places. We set them at our table, at our sacred meal, at our altar, desecrating our sacred house. The Torah commands us to build our sacred house for the Shekhinah, the female divine presence. The palace of King Ahasuerus resembles the holy temple, yet the palace of King Ahasuerus mocks the holy temple, for within there is no divine presence. Women are absent from the king's table. No woman is present to intervene. God is absent from the palace of the king. God is absent from the text of the scroll. Queen Vashti creates a woman's feast. She is master, Matronita Shrina, dwelling within her house. She inhabits her half of the palace. Queen counterpoints 
king. Queen checkmates king. Vashti expresses her charge of vessels king Ahasuerus resists. Ahasuerus said to them, speaking of Vashti, the vessel which I use is neither Median nor Persian, but Chaldean. Would you like to see it? Yes, but she must be naked. Whenever a woman's body is desecrated, Jerusalem is desecrated. Bring Queen Vashti with her crown to the king to exhibit her beauty before the nations and the ministers. Vashti says, no. What did she say? No. She said, no, 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 no. She said, no, no to the king. She reveals male king's power and misogyny. Did she have a bad hair day? Mm. Procter and Gamble paid, paid Yale professor Marianne LaFrance to study the psychological effects of bad hair days from adiosbarbie.com. Bad <laughs> hair got you down. One in four people suffer severe psychological effects, even depression, from unmanageable hair. Now, Pantene Laboratories announces its new aroma neurotherapy shampoo. It's enriched with special Prozac V crystals that penetrate the scalp, Woo. giving both your hair and your mood a lift. Yeah. Finally, even bad hair day can make you smile. <laughs> Women is an object through whom the male subject fulfills himself. Her beauty is a measure of him. Simone de Beauvoir. A macabre, a macabre masquerade. So Amelie comes at the intersection, at the interstices between unchecked power, unilateral authority, and indifference, our own unquestioning obedience and passive complicity. While men are busy obeying the king's sovereign command, I mean, it must take a whole empire to summon everyone, every single virgin, beautiful girl in 127 states to appease the king's cravings. Mordechai bucks Haman's authority. Fast on the heels of misogyny, soon a new decree to destroy, to kill, to slaughter all Jewry. Umiodea im laet kazot higat. Who knows? Who knows? Whether it is for a moment like this, that you have attained your power. Who knows? Whether it is for a moment like this, that you have attained your power. We must accept evil doing as human fate. When is it time to draw the line? I wavered. Can we act even without being called? I have not been called to come to the king. I, I feared for my life. Dispose this man mercifully before me, for I am afraid of him. I began to see myself as revealing, exposing my hiddenness. Unmasking became my identity, my hope for flourishing, watered like a garden. I am Hadassah. I am lush and green throughout the year. I do not dry in the summer. Absence taught me how to risk absolutely everything. I will come to the king, though it is contrary to the law, and if I am to perish, I will perish. Esther's strategy 
is to repeal the scrolls that mandate annihilation. She advocates deconstruction of the text, leaving the body and soul intact. Esther declares, may it be written to repeal the edicts plotted by Haman, who has written to annihilate the Jews in all the king's provinces. Yet, having won the power and compliance of the king, Esther has a rude awakening. Even the king cannot revoke his own order? The menu is fixed. Once the book is sealed, it can never be undone. The egg cannot be unscrambled. The only recourse is to issue new orders. Permission is granted to the Jews to defend themselves against their assailants. Waiter, an omelet. Esther's solution respects the wholeness of the body and soul by deconstructing the text. The monarch's solution destroys the body and soul, maintaining the text intact. The bloody destruction of 75,000 lives is an irrevocable outcome of the immutable king's fallible decree. The Israelites said, tell us how, Echa, did this evil thing happen. Warlords occupy the table, clutching forks and knives. They carve the flesh of the earth into manageable portions. While we look up occasionally from our page, from our meal, from our drink. Esther has final authority over the text. Esther's command, speech, words, bind us to perform the writing of Puim. Shmuel declared, Esther was transmitted from the holy source. It was transmitted for oral performance and not for a written form. We received the Torah Shebaalpeh on Purim. Kimu v'kiblu ha-Yehudim. And so we transmit aloud a new version of an old script. Umi odea im la'et kazot higat l'malchut. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Whether it was for a moment like this, moment like this that, you that you have attained your power. Fun and Deborah Haberman, everybody. Worked hard and sacrificed to get what I get. Ladies, it ain't easy being independent. Question, how'd you like this knowledge that I brought? Bragging on that cash that he gave you as a front. If you're gonna brag, make sure it's your money you front. Depend on no one else to give you what you want. That was Bonnet Devorah Haberman. You can, of course, find more performances from the evening on YouTube, and we also tweet at Open Quorum. Our MC for the evening was Arye Bernstein. Thanks to Arye and to Off the Wall Comedy Basement for hosting the event. We plan to have many more Jerusalem events, so stay tuned. Sermon Slam is a project of Open Quorum, a new online platform for creating, curating, and promoting excellent Jewish ideas and creative expression. Learn more about us on our brand new website, www.openquorum.org. We're bringing Sermon Slam all over the country in the next few months. If you'd like us to bring Sermon Slam to your city, let us know at www.openquorum.org. My name is David Svi Kalman, and thank you for listening to the Sermon Slam podcast.